Good morning, everybody, and uh, this is Tim and uh, Caitlin, and here we are at uh, Greater Alton Church uh, uh, trying something we've never tried. I've never tried before. I've never tried anything like this, and so um, I hope that uh, uh, you'll be blessed today by what we're going to look at. Uh, we're, you might, might be wondering where am I broadcasting from. I don't have internet at my house, and so uh, I decided to try to find a place that I'm familiar with, and place that I'm familiar with is Greater Alton Church. And so there's just a few of us here, about six of us uh, as a team of people uh, trying to broadcast this this morning. And uh, I'm looking around at all the empty seats and I'm just thinking about all of you right now, um, right now at home. Um, there's uh, Debbie and Tracy right here in the front row. I think about Gary way back, Gary Spurgeon over here, sitting over here. I, I'm sure he's saying good morning, Tim, from his house. Um, teenagers, of course, sitting over here in this section. Uh, I think of Bob and Faye Hawkins or Lisa Tucker in the back row over here. So I feel at home, and I wanted to be at a place where I felt relaxed, where I could talk to you from. And uh, like I say, I hope that uh, you're going to have a blessed uh, time together. We'll have a blessed time together. Um, our you got to admit, our traditions and our routines have just been jumbled up and um, disrupted in so many ways by this coronavirus, and uh, I believe that's okay. Um, God uses things like this. And, I, and as we th I thought about our theme this year, about how we're, to, that we're asking God to open our eyes of our heart, uh, that's exactly uh, what's happening during this coronavirus outbreak. Um, and I think that God's going to open our eyes. He's already opening our eyes to see what kind of church we're going to be. Uh, it's going to expose our weaknesses, of course, but also our strengths. I'm already hearing some great stories of connection and fellowship uh, that's going on during the week. Um, I think we're getting a good taste of New Testament Christianity right now, too. And so uh, I, I just hope that you'll think about that. How can, how can God use this? Because God is going to use this uh, epidemic, uh, this pandemic, if you will, um, in some way. And he's going to use it primarily to display his glory and his power. Now, if you look up here on the screen, and by the way, if you want to get, if you're wondering where you can get notes to this lesson, you can find them on the website, greateraldchurch.org. And uh, if you look up on the screen here, there's a passage it's in, found in John 9, 3. Uh, something, there was a, there was something that happened, and um, a, a child uh, was blind. And so the disciples asked him, you know, why does this happen? Why do things like this happen, Lord? And he said these words, this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I want you to know this morning, whatever's happening, whatever's going to happen, God wants his glory, his honor, his works displayed in you too, in me, in our church. So today we're starting a new a series called uh, Going Viral. Uh, what are you spreading? We're going to be looking at primarily at the fruit of the Spirit. If there's anything that needs to be spread, uh, it's the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we're going to be looking at that. We're going to kick it off today, and then we're going to be looking at that for the next several weeks. You think about it, a little over 2,000 years ago, a movement started with just a few people. And then it began to spread. And if, if, in fact, the Bible says it was forcefully advancing. No one really could stop it. It wasn't a virus. It was an idea. 
It was news. It was good news. And the Bible says in Acts 13, verse 49, it says the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. It spread everywhere. How? What would make the word of God or the good news, the gospel, news about Jesus spread so rapidly? Well, in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, it says the believers who were scattered went from place to place where they spread the word. Notice that they were scattered. Right now, this uh, COVID-19 has scattered us, basically keeping us from interacting in a big group. It's keeping us apart. That's good. Because where you are, in your neighborhood, in your, in, your, in your close proximity of where you are, where you work, in the limited space that you have, you have a chance to spread the good news about Jesus. It has a chance to go viral. Um, and so and God wants to use you to do this. Look again, look at this passage here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. There's a couple of things I want you to see here. First of all, I notice it says here that, that he always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. You know, a lot of times we can feel like a captive or a victim. You know, I'm, I can't go anywhere. I'm kind of stuck, so to speak. The Bible says that's a, that's a place of victory, not a place of defeat. So don't be thinking of yourself as a victim or what am I going to do during this coronavirus? What, am I, what can I possibly do for God? You can do plenty of things for the Lord. The good news can go viral through you. It can spread. And he wants to use you, it says there. He uses them. He wants to use disciples today to spread this aroma of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. So how does that happen? How do we, how do, we do that, Tim? Well, let me, let me tell you three things. I think we can do that will help us and it'll help you help the gospel grow and go viral. First of all, number one, the good news goes viral by being infected with Jesus. If there's anything we, we know, it's I spread what I already have. Would you agree with that? Sure. We spread what we already have. Look what Paul says he already has. He says here in 2 Corinthians 4, we carry the death of Jesus in our bodies so that the life of Jesus can also be seen in our bodies. Paul's saying, I'm a carrier. I'm carrying something. What are you carrying, Paul? Well, I'm carrying the death of Christ. And I have all the symptoms of that. Everybody can see that. In fact, I'm carrying it in my body so that it can be seen by other people through my body. And I'm going to spread what I have. So the good news is spread that way. I don't know what you're planning on spreading the next eight weeks. In fact, it seems like... Uh, next several months we may have be limited as to what we can do socially what do you plan to spread during that time what do you plan to put on Facebook or you're going to plan to text or maybe in a conversation you know yesterday I went by to drop something off at Matthew's house and I stayed outside and I saw my grandkids through the picture window and and I got to talk to them a little bit what do you plan to do in the next several months what do you plan to spread? Gossip? Rumors? Fear? Pessimism? Or Jesus? That's a good question. You think about it. I mean, if you're going to spread what you already have, you want to make sure you're, you've got Jesus. 
Make sure you have that. That's the first thing. Number two, the good news goes viral by talking about Jesus. Now, that sounds pretty fundamental when you think about it. Like, well, duh. But, you know, uh, to be honest, a lot of times uh, we don't think about what we're talking about very much. Just like I said a minute ago, people spread a lot of other things besides viruses. Rumors, gossip, negativity, all kinds of things like that. They'll say things like, well, I heard this or uh, so-and-so is doing this or or the, the virus is going to, I've heard this, you know. Well, let me tell you, I'm not saying that we're not, we're not going to have some talk like that. But Jesus wants you to spread something else. He wants you to talk about something else. Look what the Bible says here in First Corinthians, or in Acts chapter 1. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you. These are the words of Jesus. He's telling his disciples this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. I want to stop right there. That sounds like infection, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and give you power. He says he wants to infect you. Then it says you will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and everywhere in the world. He says, he says you're going to, the Holy Spirit's going to give you the ability and the power to talk to people about Jesus everywhere. In your city and even beyond that. And with the social connections we have today, we can reach anywhere we want. And you stop to think about it. So what you talk about, what your dialogue is, is so important. Um, there's a lot of effort right now. Um, the, our governor is on the new is, is doing news conferences every week. President's doing news conferences every day, or I'm oh, sorry, every day, both of them. And I'm noticing we're taking drastic measures, taking incredible measures to slow or stop this virus. And what kind of measures are they? It's about contact, isn't it? Well, one of the things that stops the spreading of the word of God, not only contact, it's communication. What do we talk about? In Acts chapter 4, just a few chapters after Jesus has said these words and the disciples begin to go and talk about him and they're spreading the, the, the gospel everywhere, they're, the Bible says they're turning the world upside down. That's how quickly it's spreading. It says here in Acts chapter 4 verse 17 that something they were trying to do to stop the spread of this good news. He says, here's what the suggestion was. To stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, he was warned them to speak no longer to anyone in his name. How do you stop the good news from going viral? Talk about something else. Be quiet. Don't bring up Christ. Don't speak of it. And look at the response of these guys. Just a couple verses later, here's the response. We can't. He says, we cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard because we can't help it. Even if we wanted to stop, we can't. We carry it. It's just going to come out this way. You know, silence will keep the good news from spreading. And listen, I want to say to you, don't let whatever it is, just think about it. What could keep you, what could keep you quiet? Think about that for a minute. What would keep you quiet? Don't let it keep you quiet. Turn your conversation into the spiritual. By the way, I'm finding out that it's not really hard to do. In fact, people are bringing it up. I don't even have to bring it up. I was at a body shop the other day, putting a glass over over in Bethalto, and this fellow, this body shop guys, and you know the body shop, not all body shops, but most of them I'm around, they're a little loose with their language, okay? And this guy goes, hey man, you think God's trying to do this corona thing? He's, he's, he's trying to get our, and he used the word uh, that begins with an A, 
to get our A's in gear? And I go, yeah, I think so. Uh, but I, I think he's been trying to get our A's in gear. I didn't, by the way, I didn't say the word. I said A. So get our A's in gear before there was a virus. And uh, he goes, really? Oh, yeah. And we got to spend about five minutes just talking about Christ, talking about about what does this put us all in perspective, in a spiritual perspective? Um, I, I sell some stuff on Facebook. Some of you probably noticed that. Oh, Tim's on Facebook. I'm selling stuff. And um, had a lady come in to pick up some knobs, uh, some furniture knobs. And she says to me, um, so what do you think about this coronavirus? What do you think is going on? And I said, well, I think that uh, we're, we're, we're going to get through it. I think we ought to stop and pause and think about, you know, where we are with Christ. And, and it was just easy to talk about this. So I don't think it's difficult at all. And, I, and you don't have to, listen, you don't have to be preachy when you're talking. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just make it personal. And just turn that conversation that way. One of the things I noticed Somebody, I've heard somebody say this occasionally. Well, you know, you lose a lot of stuff when you're texting. You can't really, you, you can read a lot of stuff into the texting. Well, I, I could see that until I start reading my Bible and I notice that this is printed and I read a lot of other things into it besides facts. What do you mean? What I'm saying is that what I'm trying to say is that when you're communicating on Facebook or you're communicating with texting, why not why not uh, put things like pe pepper your conversation with humility and compassion? Uh, Facebook can be a pretty cruel place, folks, and you can you can you can project the compassion and the love of God through your communication. So that's that's the first the first thing. Be infected. Secondly, uh, uh, talk about Jesus. And the third thing is the good news goes viral by living as sweet as Jesus. And I picked this phrase, "the sweet as Jesus," on purpose. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say uh, um, that she's such a sweet person, or he's such a sweet guy, or you'll hear somebody say, "Man, what a bitter pill." You know, the Bible talks about people comparing people to vinegar in the mouth bitter pills um, what are they talking about here what, what are they saying when they say that kind of stuff well they're talking about character and demeanor Jesus was a sweet guy a sweet man I know some men I, I can say that Vernon Matthews I found to be a sweet man Jesus is a sweet man and look at the end of the Bible says that it says in Ephesians 5 here live your life with love Following the example of Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us, he was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. You know, and it's, I, you think he's talking about the cross there only, but he's not. He's saying live the life of Christ. His whole life was a sweet offering to God. And that's, that aroma didn't just go this way, folks. It went this way, too. Everybody, that's, I think that's one of the reasons that news about Jesus spread so quickly. It wasn't just his miracles. But it was his manner, the way he come across to people. And I just noticed this as I'm reading scripture after scripture. In fact, on your notes, you're going to notice uh, there's a bunch of other passages 
uh, you'd probably look at it that this morning going, are we going to cover all those today? No, we're not. But you can look at those. And I want you to notice and recognize it's not just the miracles of Jesus that we should pay attention to. But I notice a lot of mannerisms. What are you talking about, Tim? Well, he was, he was nice. He was kind. He was approachable. People would come to him at any time of the day and interrupt him. And he didn't seem to be irritated by that. He was flexible. He was compassionate and gentle with people. He helped the hungry. He calmed people. He was positive during times when it was crazy or people were panicking. You can't tell me when that, when that boat was going crazy in the storm and Jesus is, comes out of there. He's not looking around going, oh, we're all going to die too. He said they're calm and going, peace be still. And they were amazed, the Bible says. Well, one of the things that amazed them wasn't just that he had authority, but how calm he was during that situation. And if you want to spread the good news, you want to spread good news, period, hey, how, do you, how sweet are you? Well, how, what are you talking about when you talk about being sweet, Tim? I mean, how, how do you become a sweet person? Well, it has to do with the fruit that you produce. I'm, I'm right now, I eat, a, I eat an apple and two oranges a day, and they are sweet. I'm, I'm trying to stay off of soda and, and you know, processed sugar. And man, uh, apples are so sweet. Oranges, so sweet. I love oranges. The Bible says they're fruit. Fruit's supposed to taste good, you know. In, J in John 15, it says, Jesus said this to his disciples, I choose you and I give you this work to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last. What do you mean fruit that will last? Fruit that will last, that will spread. Fruit is meant to go and spread what it's the tree or the bush it's, it's fell from. And so this fruit that he says, I want you to produce something sweet in your life. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at producing much sweetness in my own life. I need help. And that's where God helps. Look what the Bible says here in Galatians 5. The Spirit, however, produces in human life fruits such as these. And ask yourself, are these the kind of things that we need right now during COVID-19? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, fidelity, tolerance, and self-control. And no law exists against any of these. Those who belong to Christ have crucified their old nature. See, it's no longer about them. You want to produce fruit in your life? You don't make, don't make all this about you. Make it about Christ. You crucify your old nature with all that, that it loved and lusted for. And I love this last part. If our lives are centered in the Spirit, let us be guided by the Spirit. You want to have fruit? You want to be sweet in a sour situation? It must be centered in, in the Holy Spirit. Christ must be, must be the central focus. His character is what you're after, to imitate, to live by. Why? Because it offers a sweet aroma, not only to God, but to everywhere else. Let me, let me read this to you. I, I read this on, on um, uh, as I close here, I read this on Facebook. It's from my brother-in-law. And he said, what's wrong with everyone? And he says this, does anyone understand the overbuying and hoarding going on? Have we become so selfish, so me, 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 that we forget about others? Not a pretty picture of America. If people were shopping as normal, 
I do not believe we would have this problem. So be kind and sensible. The real problem could be you, not the virus. And I just think about that. I don't want the problem to be me. I don't want the problem to be you either. My brother-in-law has got some wisdom here. Kind and sensible. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? And how do we develop that? We develop his character. And we have a list of how Jesus was, his character here in Galatians 5. So in the next eight weeks, we're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit. For example, we're going to look at love. Do, do, do we need to have more love during a time like this? Absolutely. People are so selfish, there needs to be more love. What about joy? I don't know about you, but some of the people I'm talking to and some of the things I'm reading, whether it, whether it's a text or Facebook or whatever, or a newspaper or Boy, people are just sounding so negative and pessimistic, so afraid. They need to have some joy. And what about peace? <laughs> Absolutely. Who's going to spread the peace? It's going to come from a Christian that's centered in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at these things in the next several weeks. And I hope you'll join me. Uh, hopefully from here or from some other location, we never know where we're going to be, okay? But uh, may God bless you. Okay, let's pray, and uh, God bless you today, okay? Father, thank you for uh, social media. Father, thank you for the Internet and being able to, though we're, though we're scattered, to be able to be brought together uh, to look at your word, to be encouraged by your word. Father, help us be great ambassadors of you. Would you help us represent you well? Father, we know that uh, that there's a greater virus that's infected everybody already, and the and the and the cases and the death toll, the numbers are off the chain. You know, I'm talking about this virus, Father. It's called sin. Everybody's got it. And Father, help us as as Christians who've have come to you, have, have had our sins forgiven, Father, to be able to spread this good news, this remedy, this cure, this vaccine, this spiritual vaccine that can save people from the, the most deadly virus of all. Would you, Father, help us be help us be infected? I know some of us here, Father, we, we've gotten so caught up in, in things, you know, that, uh, that we some, some of us have forgotten. Would you remind us, Father, how you need to be the center. Infect our heart, Father. Fill us, every cell of our body, like Paul. Help us carry, help us carry Jesus with us everywhere we are. Let him control our thinking, our speech, and most of all, Father, help him control our demeanor. Help us spread, Father, the sweetness of you like your son did. At the end of the day, Father, we know that people are going to be thinking about the highlights of the day. Father, give us the opportunity to let, to let you use us that, that your son Jesus will be the highlight that will be the thing that sticks in their mind before they put their head on their pillow each day. Protect those, Father, that are out here right now. I think of Debbie Weiler. I think of a lot of others that are older. I think of... Uh, Bob Stanford, Willie Dale. And Father, I just think about uh, my mother in Arizona. I think about grandpas and grandmas all, all over the place, Lord, that 
that are really uh, susceptible to this virus, Father, protect them. And Father, um, I pray you'll just use us, Father. Let this, we know the country's going to change. We know things are going to be different. Help it, help us be different. We pray in Christ's name.